if you do me a favor, I know we just read the, the, the first four verses, or we've read four of the verses, but I'd like to do something a little bit different uh, this, this morning. Um, the, the text is more than just those four verses, and I'd like to read it again. If you'd stand with me, I'll read it. You don't have to read with me, uh, but we're actually going to read the whole chapter. You think, that's a long time to stand. Well, I don't know. I read back in, in Ezra and Nehemiah, and they stood for the reading of the Word of God for, for, half, or for, for quite a bit of the day. So um, if we can't do a chapter, if you can't physically do it, I understand. There's some people with, with people with physical limitations. But I, I'm going to read. You don't have to read with me, uh, but uh, just as we, as we read the Word of God. It says in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Here is, herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you, continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandment, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full." This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known Unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that, I lo- that ye love one another. If the world hates you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. If I had not come and spoken unto them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they have both seen and hated both me and my father. But this cometh to pass, that the the word might be fulfilled, that it is written in their law. They hated me without a cause." 
But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, we are to feed upon your word. Lord, we are to live because of your word. Lord, every word that proceedeth out of your mouth, Lord, help us to hold it near and dear to our hearts. Lord, help us to, to use it to renew our minds and our hearts, Lord, that we might uh, be transformed into the image of, of, of your Son, Jesus Christ, and our Savior. God, I pray that you would uh, be with the message this morning. I pray that I would say only what you would have me to say. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, give me the exact words, Lord, and take anything away that, that I might try to do on my own, Father. Lord, I, I need you. Lord, we all need you. And Lord, I pray that, uh, that our hearts would be tender to the moving of the spirit. If there's one here today that's not saved, that they've never trusted in Christ, Lord, that today might be the day that they come to Christ for salvation. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Help us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I've preached on this passage several times. Um, I couldn't tell you the dates or, or the exact number of times, so I'm sure there are people here that could. My wife now keeps takes track of that stuff. But I, I, I started looking at it a little bit differently. So you know how sometimes you, you see something and you, you read it, and maybe you've read it so many times that you always you try to look at it, you, you see it the same way every time, and that can be dangerous. And not that it's wrong, that it's wrong but I want God to speak to me in a fresh way. And, and so, so I actually heard of this preacher that uh, he preaches out of one Bible for, every, for three years, and then he takes that Bible and he puts it on his shelf and he gets himself a new Bible. And, and, and not that there's anything wrong with his old Bible, but he has enough markings and things in there that it, uh, he sees those notes and it reminds him of what the Lord said to him before, which isn't a bad thing but it also taints the way he's thinking about it now. And, and so I, I really appreciate that. So as I was studying this, I, I, I really wanted to come at it a little bit. I didn't want to come at it differently, but I saw it a little bit differently because I'm, I'm looking at it in the context of, of the setting. Now, we, we all know uh, what it's talking about, abiding in Christ. Uh, but we really need to think back, and who is Jesus talking to, and at what time is, 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 is he dealing with here? Uh, he's just told the disciples, we talked about this last week, uh, that, that he's about to leave, that, that his hour is coming, and, and they're going to have to live this life uh, on this earth uh, without him. Uh, uh, he just made them the promise that if he, if he goes away, uh, he's gone to prepare a place for them, and, and where he goes, uh, they cannot come, but uh, he'll come back, and he'll bring them with him, and, what a great, wonderful promise that is. They must have been excited to know that one day they're going to see him again. But that still leaves them here in this earth without their Savior, without their teacher, without the one who they've been walking with and talking with and learning from. Everything that they, that they know that is good, everything that they become that is good is because of him. And he says, I'm out of here. <laughs> we'll see you in a while. He says, he tells in verse 1 of chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Why? Because your hearts were troubled. They're at the Last Supper here when this is taking place. And he says, this is what's going to happen. I am going to leave. And they're confused and they're curious. We went through, we talked about that, those things last week. But it got me to thinking. We talked about a lesson in, in service when Jesus washed their feet. We talked about a lesson in love when Jesus told them that they were to, to, to a new commandment I give you. But, but that doesn't tell us how to live. Because living the Christian life isn't what we think it is. How can we, can, can I say this? 
somebody, somebody brought it to my attention, I say that a lot. Can I say this? It's impossible to live the Christian life by yourself. It, it is completely against our nature to love one another. Now, we might love certain people, but we don't love everybody. And Jesus taught us that we're to love not just our brothers, but our neighbors and also our enemies. Uh, so, uh, so uh, it's, it's impossible to, and how can we even live the Christian life if we don't know what God would have us to do? So, so here, Jesus, uh, today, the, 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 the title of the lesson would be this. Uh, it's not a lesson in lo- service or a lesson in love, but it's a lesson in living. It's how we can live the Christian life in, in, a, in a way that brings honor and glory to God. The first thing I want you to see is we need to abide in the Savior. The word abide means this, to to continue, to stay, to remain. We need to abide in the Savior. Look at verse 1 of chapter 15. It says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He says, notice that he says, every branch that is in me. There we notice in verse 7, it says, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you. What, this word abide, it means to, to dwell in, to, 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 to stay in. Uh, we have this habit uh, as Christians uh, that we like to visit with God. We like to have those moments and those, those periods of time where, where God speaks to us and man, what a blessing. But then we also, we walk through the world and we live in the world and, and the world affects us too. But you know the Bible tells us that we can abide in Christ even while we're in this world? How many of you are discouraged about all the things that are going on in this world? But what did Jesus say? Let not your heart be troubled. Why are we troubled? Because we're in this world. <laughs> right? And, and, and listen, I'm not saying that we can get out of, uh, the, the, I'm not saying God's going to remove us away from COVID. I'm not saying that he's going to remove us from all those things. Uh, but he'll be with us through those things. And if our heart and our mind are focused upon him, and if, if we abide in him, and we're, we'll talk later if we have time. If not, come back this afternoon and you can hear the rest of the message. But we'll talk about what it means to abide. Because it's one thing to say abide in Christ but then never tell you what it means to abide in Christ. Because the truth is, without the abiding in Christ, we can say we're to abide, but if we never actually abide, we'll not bear fruit. We won't love one another. We we won't have those things that God has promised us. Notice first uh, a conviction here of who Christ is. To abide in Christ, there must be some kind of conviction. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Any, every branch in me, and that word in me is very important, because there's a separation here. You'll notice he says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth, that it may bring forth more fruit. Abide me, and I in you, verse 4, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Get down to verse 6, if a man abide not in me. There's, there's a difference between abiding in Christ and one who doesn't abide in Christ. Uh, there are many people who claim the name of Christ, yet somehow they're not, they never abide in Christ. There's no connection between the branch and the vine. 
And if there's no connection between the branch and the vine, guess what? It's withered and dead. The first verse says, every, or second verse says, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, that's one who's abiding in him but not bearing fruit. There's, it means there's a problem with the, the health of the branch, but it doesn't mean there's a problem with connection to the vine. So we need to, first, before anything else, we must have a conviction of who Jesus is. We must have a knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, who is Christ? He'd already told him who he was back in John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And John later goes on to say, if you have the Son, you have life. If you have not the Son, you have not life. It's that simple. He was the Son of God, the creator of all the universe, the one who came to die on that cross, humbled himself for that death so that we could have eternal life. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus Christ. He was that one. And, and so we, to, to abide in Christ, to, before we can abide in Christ we must have a knowledge, a conviction of who he is. Do you know who Christ is? Not some prophet, not some teacher, uh, uh, not just even a knowledge of who he is, because even the devils know who he is. But can I tell you, you must have a, a, an intimate knowledge or a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, that's what that connection is. <laughs> this uh, this uh, agricultural picture that Jesus is, is, is giving us is a little bit off. Because nowhere else do you see a tree out there with the branches holding onto the tree. You don't see a vine out there with the branches clinging to the, clinging to, uh, the, the, the vine. What you see is that they're just connected. And how are they connected? Through the relationship. Right? They, they, they're, they're a part of it. You don't see branches of the vine just laying around. They, they, don't, have to, they don't have to cling to, they're a part of. Are we a part of Christ because of our relationship with him? He, uh, he makes us, through the power of the gospel, through our faith in him, the sons of God. He makes us the, 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 those branches. Have you been made a child of his? Do you have a conviction of, of who he is? Is there, is there some kind of connection? Uh, notice, not only is there conviction but, uh, and, and connection, uh, but, there's, uh, but there's a correction. Uh, when you're a part of the vine, can I, or when you're a branch of the vine, can I tell you that there will be correction in your life? A cultivation uh, of uh, fruit. Now listen, to what is the purpose of the, of, of the vineyard? It's to bear fruit. And he says there in verse 2, uh, it says, uh, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, notice it's a branch that is in him, but it does not bear fruit, it says he taketh away. What does that mean? Uh, the, the, word, the Greek word means to be lifted up. It's not to be tossed away. This isn't the branch that's burned. This was a branch that was in him, but it's not producing the fruit. Uh, producing fruit. Uh, so it's, uh, what they say is, is in agricultural uh, ways, uh, sometimes with, the, with those vines, you have a branch that get, will get down into the, uh, away from the sun, the light of the sun, and, and in the darkness. And What do you need to, to bear fruit? So what, what does a plant need to bear fruit? It needs three things. Oxygen, or it needs, it needs sorry, carbon dioxide. It needs carbon dioxide, it needs, it needs light, and it needs water. Well, it gets down into the dampness of the, of the, of the earth and, and out of the sunlight because it's not, it's not lifted up. And, and what can happen? It gets mildewy and diseased and, and, and eventually will we'll die. So uh, for those of you that are farmers, what do you do, or, or, or gardeners, what do you do with something like that? Well, you have a plant that's, that's not in the sun. 
No, you don't cut it off. You, you, you move it into the sun. I'm thankful that God doesn't cut me off when, when I don't bear the fruit that I'm supposed to bear all the time. Uh, I'm not perfect. I sin and I make my mistakes and, and I'm, I don't always uh, bear the fruit. Well, so what do you do to that one that's in the vine, that, that's still connected, still has a relationship, but isn't bearing the fruit? You lift it up. You put it up into the sunlight. You, you get it into the light of the sun and get it away from the, the dirt and the filth and the, the mildew and the disease that's, that gets in the ground in that dampness. And guess what you'll see? It'll start to bear fruit. As, as how many, I don't know how many people, uh, that, especially in America, it's difficult because there are many people that claim to be Christians. But the Bible tells us that if we're Christians, we, we'll do what? Bear fruit. What kind of fruit? We'll get to that in a minute, but the fruit of the Spirit. Souls. And when it says they'll bear the fruit of the Spirit, it's, it's fruit singular. It doesn't mean that we're going to, well, I get to go through and pick which, which fruit we're going to bear. I just, I, I'm just going to show uh, mercy. No, I have to show love and joy and, and, and temperance and goodness and meekness and all those things. I, I've got to show all of that's That's all a fruit of the Spirit. So, so, so why do so many Christians not bear the fruit of the Spirit? There's two, there's two possibilities in this case. According to this verse, verse, verse 2, it could just be out of the light. Down into the dirt, down, sin in the world, and and because they're because they're out of the light of the of Christ, out of the light of the sun, out of the light of the the Word of God, they're not able to bear the fruit that they're supposed to. And so 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 the 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 process is we need to to bring them up into the light. But then not only that, there are some that are bearing some fruit, but not a whole lot of fruit. But what does God say He does with those that bear some fruit? He purges them. That means he clips the branches and he, he trims them back. Why? So they bear more fruit. Because some branches uh, just could have just too many branches, a, a branch that might be a little diseased. Uh, so you prune it back so they can bear the most fruit that's possible. And listen, there'll be correction in our lives as we, as we uh, abide in the word of God and abide in, as we abide in the Lord. Uh, uh, there'll be correction in our lives that will bring us to the point where we bear more fruit. So there's correction, there's, there's conviction and, and correction and connection. But I want you to see something. There's a conclusion to, to this. It says in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Unless we're abiding in Christ, we cannot bear fruit. There will be no fruit in your life if you're not abiding. This is the conclusion. We are made to bear fruit. We are, we are ordained to bear fruit. Uh, God has chosen us to bear fruit. Uh, God has, has chosen good works for our lives, ordained us to good works. That we're to walk, walk therein according to Ephesians 2 verse 10. Uh, uh, he's chosen those things for us. But if we never do those things, if, if that, there's never, that fruit never comes out in our life, uh, it's never seen, it's never reaped then the other problem is that we were never actually in Christ. And if we get to the point where the, the conclusion is that there's no fruit because we weren't in Christ, the next verse talks about the castigation, the, the removal of, the burning of. Verse 6 says, If a man abide not in me, a branch who's never abided in Christ, it's just litter. What do they do with those? It's, 
The Bible says it's cast forth as the branches withered and men gathered them and cast them into the fire and are burned. We are to abide in Christ. Here's the problem. How many of us, and don't raise your hand, because I, 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 want you to honest, I want you to be honest to yourself, and don't just raise your hand. Is there a fruit in your life? Is there a fruit in your life? Because a branch, a branch that abides in Christ will bear fruit. Look at your life honestly and tell me, is there the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Is there fruit? And what kind of fruit? Well, I got ahead of myself a little bit. There's the fruit of the Spirit. We will, the, the, the abiding life always abounds in the fruit. You notice it says, it says in verse 2, it says, Every branch that beareth fruit, he burgeth that might bring forth more fruit. In verse 5, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Uh, then again in verse, uh, then again in verse, I believe it's verse 8. It says, Herein is the Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Uh, this, the idea is that, that we bear fruit, and that's a, that's a must uh, for the abiding life. And if we don't abide, we won't bear fruit. So, and listen, it's, it's amazing as we, as we get saved, uh, we, many times we'll bear a lot of fruit for a short period of time as we begin to grow, uh, just like babies grow very quickly. I, I'm grateful that babies don't grow at the same rates as adults do. Because I would have kids living in my house forever. <laughs> they, grow, they grow very quickly. And they learn to do things very quickly. They, they, they walk, they learn to eat, they learn to talk, they, they do those things very quickly. Sometimes uh, once they begin to talk, we, wish, we start to wish, man, I wish they couldn't talk anymore. Or maybe they learned to be quiet a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but what we see is a, a, a rapid growth at the beginning and then a kind of a slow growth and as, as, as they go on. But that's natural. That's normal, right? When, when there's not growth, is that normal or is that, or is that abnormal? How many adults do you see? Do you still do you see wearing? Do you see at home uh, unable to walk, unable to talk, still wearing diapers? Not many. When, when that happens, that's abnormal. Now, I'm not trying to, to, to that, that means there's something wrong in their genetics or, or in their ability to, to, to grow or something, there was something wrong in their, maybe a birth defect or whatever or some type of a disease that they have, but there was something wrong. But can I tell you, as, as children of God, as the branches, we're not just to, 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 to bear fruit for a little bit and then stop. We're to bear more fruit and then much fruit. There, there should be a, a growth in our life. And all this is done so that we might bring honor and glory to God and have joy in our lives. The Bible says that, we might have, that he might have joy in us and that our joy might be full, verse 11. So not only are we to abide in the Savior, we're abound in service. And that's in the production of, of fruit. And again, as I noticed, we saw some fruit, more fruit, and then much fruit. We're to abound in fruit. What kind of fruit? The fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the, uh, the love, joy, peace, uh, temperance. We, 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 sometimes we like to pick and choose, but you can't pick and choose. It's all or nothing. Also, we're to have fruit that remains. Well, does the fruit of the Spirit remain? It should remain in us. When I'm gone, what fruit's going to remain? Souls that are saved. Say, so, well, I, 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 I am meek. I'm temperate. I, I have all the fruits of the Spirit. Don't ask yourself, ask your spouse. 
Let's just put it that way. Ask your kids how much, how much uh, patience you have. Guys, you just sit out there with your, Hong Kong, it's time to go, honey, Hong Kong. As I got cut off yesterday and honked my horn to the guy in front of me. <laughs> we were going to, he was going down to a one, going the speed limit with a car in front of me, and some, some guy, some young guy in a, uh, I don't know what it was, sped past me on a double yellow line with a vehicle coming, coming the opposite direction and cut back in between the two of us. And then as soon as that vehicle was gone, he went around that one. Same thing, another car coming, cut down, only to go 100 feet and turn right. I honked my horn. <laughs> you say, that's justified. I felt that way too. <laughs> but that's my flesh. I told my kids, he's an idiot. My son says, Dad, we shouldn't call anybody idiots. So, well, he was driving like one. He may not be one. <laughs> That's, that's the flesh speaking. And that happens. But, 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 but we are to be, we are to have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. But we're also, when we need to look at ourselves, when's the last time that we reproduce fruit? We, we led somebody to the Lord and say, well, I'm just not the soul winning type. None of us are. None of us are. It isn't normal for us to fish for men. That, that phrase, if you were to go out there in the world and say, I'm a fisher of man, they would think you're crazy. They'd lock you up in Amhi and throw away the key. But what did Jesus say to the disciples? I will make you to become fishers of men. What did he tell Peter uh, in, in the book of John, when, or in the book, I believe it was the book of Luke, uh, when uh, uh, after they, 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 he cast the net over at the order of Christ and he brings in all the fish, he says, from henceforth, thou shalt catch men. There's a difference. What did Peter do? At, at the end, when Peter, after, after Christ dies and is resurrected, uh, in John chapter 21, uh, he goes out fishing again. And Christ catches them and says, why don't you all come back in? And they realized who it was, and he's embarrassed because the Bible says he was naked. He jumped in and swam in. Swam in. He says, hey, have you eaten? And they, they, he feeds them fish that he was cooking up and and then he looks at Peter and says, do you love me? He says, well, of course I love you. Feed my sheep. He's talking about the, the loss of the world. And what did Peter do in Acts chapter 2 and 3? And three? He preached the word at Pentecost. And 3,000 people got saved. What, what happened? He became a fisher of men. You know when Jesus said, do you love me more than these? What was he talking about? The fish in the frying pan. He said, I, I told you I was, I was going to make you a fisher of men. You were to, to henceforth, henceforth catch men. But where, what are you doing now? Do you love me? Abide, we're to abide in the Savior. We're to abound in service. And that has to do with the production of fruit. Are we serving God? and Are we bearing fruit uh, like we're supposed to? And listen, uh, uh, that's... If we are abiding in Christ, we will do these things. It's a result of abiding in Christ. We also see what happens as a result of abiding in, abiding in Christ as we see the provision of the Savior. Look with me over verse, verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. 
Here it is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. He says, if you're abiding in me, my word abides in you. God will answer your prayers. Now, the fact that we're abiding in him and his word abides in us means it's changing us. There are so many people that have unanswered prayers out there. Why are they unanswered? Maybe because they're not abiding in Christ. And maybe because those prayers are selfish or they're asked to miss. But when we're abiding in the word and the word abides in us, what does that do to us and do to our desires? It changes us. And it changes our wants, it changes our desires, and it changes our prayers. And so that we begin to want and desire the things of God. Abide in the Savior, abound in service, or to act in submission. Verse 9 says, As my Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Continue ye in my love. We talked about love last week and what it means to truly love or to love like Christ. Jesus said, Here, greater love hath no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. Uh, Verse 13, chapter uh, 14 said, uh, again, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Here, uh, we're giving this commandment again. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. It's an act of submission. We see, we see God loved Christ, and Christ loved us, and we are to love others as Christ loved us. How did Christ love us? Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he, but he gave his life as a propitiation or a payment for our sin. We're to lay down our lives for one another. It's an act of submission. It's an, it's an act of humility. We're to love one another. Well, I, that, you don't understand how hard that is. <laughs> You're right. I, 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 I don't understand how hard that is. Christ does because he did it. And he calls us to do it too. It's an act of submission and humility. An expression of love. Uh, uh, that we're, we're, we're to, He was our example. And we're to, we're to express our love for one another. From one saint to another. Brother Rich, you're to love Brother Ken. And, and Brother Frank, you're, you're to love Brother Patrick. I could go from, from one to another. We're all to love each other. Regardless of our backgrounds, regardless of our histories, regardless of where we come from, the Bible says, Jesus said, this is how they're going to know that you are my disciples, that ye love one another. And he taught, we, we talked about this last week. That we know that we're supposed to do this. How do we do it? Abide in him. You want to know how to love somebody that you don't really like? Now, I'm not saying that Brother Frank doesn't like Brother Patrick. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> Good. Praise the Lord. But, but what I do know is the Bible says he's supposed to love him. Say, how? Abide in the word. See, we, we, we can't have that love and we can't exhibit that love until we see that love and we see it in Christ. 
As the word of God renews us and renews our minds as we read and study the word of God, as we abide in him, and I'm getting ahead of myself, but as we abide in him, then that's how we learn to love one another. It isn't just, I love you, Brother Patrick. I'm, I'm glad you're a Christian. I, 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 I love you, Brother Frank. I, 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 it's not just what I say. What did, you, what did John say in First John? Uh, no, we're not to love in word or tongue. It's not about what we say. It's about what we do. You can say that you love somebody all you want, but if you're never there for them when they need you, if you're not praying for them, if you're not helping them, if you're not doing good unto them, that's what, how you're supposed to love your enemies. If you're not doing that, then you don't love them. We're to follow the example of Christ loving one another. But not only that, but we're to love sinners. Because we're to love as Christ loved. And it's great that if we, and I'll be honest, we have a, it's, I really feel like we're a family here. And that we do love one another. I, 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 I praise God for that. But do we love the people that are outside the building? Do we love the Democrats? <laughs> we chuckle. We laugh. But I've seen, some, I've seen the way some of you respond to the Democrats on social media. I've seen the way I respond to them sometimes. Is that love? My goodness, love is more than what we say. It's what we do. We're to love people from the, from the, the, the businessman that could pile up in our offerings, and that's not why we invite people to church, but we can, we're to love them all the way down to the guy who needs our help. The guy who lives in the street, shoots up drugs, and drinks alcohol to try to take away the pain. We're to love him. Say, I love him. When's the last time you stopped to talk to him? Let's get down to the brass tacks. Love not in word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. When's the last time you, you sat down and spent some time talking to one of those folks that looks crazy down in, down in Water Street? So that's not safe. I'm not saying that our ladies should go down there. we got men in here. And guess what? Men and women can go down because there's some crazy ladies down there too. Go together. Why? Because we're to love them. Because Christ does love them. And he died for them. We had a man who sat up here in the second row, I believe. I picked him up. He was drunk a while ago. Elijah and I went out knocking on doors. and It was either Elijah or me and Ezra. I don't remember which one. Maybe it was Ezra. And he was sober when I invited him to church. He was sober when I picked him up. But he had taken something just before we picked him up, and he was not sober by the time we got here. And, on, and honestly, I think he just came for the free food because we fed him after we told him to feed him lunch. But guess what? He needed Christ. He stuck to high heaven, and he could barely walk in here. But he needed Christ. When was the last time? Well, COVID, you know, COVID. We can use all the excuses we want. But we're to follow the same example 
love Christ and love the world in an act of submission to Christ. We're to look, love like Jesus. We're to live for him. We're to laugh like him. We're to learn from him. And if we do all this, if we're, if we're going to live like Christ, if we're going to, to abide in him and be fruitful and, and live for him and, and be, be joyful, and listen, there should be joy in our life. As Christians, if we're abiding in Christ, the Bible says, he tells us that, that our joy might be full. You don't have any joy in your Christian life, in your Christian walk. You wake up consumed by the problems of the day. Maybe it's the fact that you're not abiding in him. Because he says there in verse, in verse, verse, verse uh, 11, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. You don't have joy? Maybe this is the problem. Abide in Christ. But in doing all that, we need to anticipate some suffering. He said, listen, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. Is there suffering? Persecution in your life? You may lose some friendships uh, if you're going to abide in Christ and be fruitful and live for him. And, and uh, people may just stop talking to you, uh, uh, stop inviting you to places. Uh, uh, we don't experience any real persecution here in, in the U.S. as far as losing our homes. And, uh, but, but you can, you can uh, lose a promotion. You, you, can lose a, you can even lose a job depending on the, the circumstances. Uh, and I'm not saying you should go about trying to lose your job and say, ha I got fired. That's per- Christian persecution. That's not Christian persecution, especially if you weren't doing a good job. But do you experience some kind of suffering? Because the Bible says the world will hate us because it hated him. Anticipate it. Now all that to say this. We are to abide in Christ. The, 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 the hope of the disciples uh, for their life after Christ was gone was that they were to abide in him. This was his, his instruction for, for them. And, and so, so how do we abide in him? It's not very difficult, but it's very difficult. <laughs> we find it in the, in the passage that we read, verse 7, 8, and 9. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you. What does that mean? Read this book. Well, that's simple. Yeah? Water your plants. Keeps them alive. Read this book. Well, how much do I have to read it? All the time. Well, you really, I have to read it for more than 10 minutes a day. Yeah. 30 minutes a day. Sure. An hour a day. It'd be good for you. You, I really need to read the Bible an hour a day to abide in Christ. I'm not saying you have to read the Bible an hour a day. But what what did he tell, what did he tell Joshua? What did they tell Joshua? He said uh, to, 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 to read it and to meditate it uh, day and night, not to turn from the left hand or to the right hand. You know why so many Christians uh, will, are, are struggling in, the, in, in their fruitfulness and their abiding in Christ? 
Because they'll spend 10 or 15 minutes with a, with a devotional which tells them what they're supposed to understand about this book. And then they'll, they'll pray for 15 minutes. And then they go and they spend hours watching television and reading newspapers and on social media. And the world infiltrates their minds and their hearts with all the wickedness and the filth. And they never spiritually grow. And if we're not abiding in Christ, we will not be fruitful. See, the person that doesn't do this, that's the person who is, who is down, uh, who is, who is uh, in Christ, but unfruitful. They, they're down in the, the, the darkness of this world. They're away from the light of Christ, which is, which is shown to us through this book. Listen, I'm not saying that you have to be a, a master of Hebrew and Greek. I'm not saying that you have to know what, uh, what, what all those, I don't understand Greek and Hebrew. You know what I have? I have a Bible and I have a dictionary and, and I have a, uh, what do they call it? Concordance, a strong concordance. And, and I study and I read those things and, and listen, I, I don't, the Bible says the Holy, he gives us the Holy Spirit to be our instructor, to be our teacher. The Bible says to study, to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We're to read and to study the word of God. And, and listen, if we could learn to turn off the TV sometimes and, and pick up a Bible and read it, we'd be surprised what God could do in a Christian, in a Christian's life. But instead, we, we we're okay just abiding a little bit. I'm still connected, I'm okay. Are we really? How much fruit is in your life? Be honest with yourself. How do you respond when things happen to you? Is it with, is it with patience and love? Joy? See, you can have, you can have joy in, in terrible circumstances if you're abiding in Christ because your joy is full. And that doesn't mean you're happy about your circumstances. I'm not happy when my car doesn't start, but I can still have joy knowing that God's in control and that my salvation is secure. And this isn't a big thing. And hey, listen, maybe God's slowing me down for a reason. I'm just going to trust God instead of stupid car and break my toe because I kicked it. Abide in Christ. Abide in his word. The Bible says this. That we are not to live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Let's stop and think about that. Remember earlier I said there a lot of times we read things, and we read them over and over and over again, and we just kind of brush by them because of that? And that's one of those verses that we read. Uh, you've heard it, you've read it, you've... But listen to it. We are to live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many of you are married? How many of you have studied marriage in the Bible and how to live from cover to cover? Good. How many have kids? How many have studied to raise how to raise your kids in the Bible? How many of you struggle with victory over sin? How many of you studied? It's, this book is, our, is everything to us. And if we're just going to read it 10 minutes a day or 15 minutes a day or read a devotional about the Word of God, listen, I'm not saying devotionals are bad. What I'm saying is read the book. Read the book. Abide in Him. If, if I, I, 
listen, it's not even saying that you have to, 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 to be able to study and understand everything. There are parts of this that, that I don't understand. But I need to read it until God helps me to understand it. I need to memorize it. Say, well, I'm old. I've used that excuse too. I can't remember people's names. I'm supposed to memorize scripture? Yep. Why? Because the Bible tells me to. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. I'm to hide God's word here. The Bible tells me to write it upon the tables of my heart. Are we still trying to memorize scripture? Are we reading it? Abide, that's, that's how we abide in Christ. Because it's the renewing of our mind through the word of God that strengthens our spirit and transform us, transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. Abiding in Christ. That's simple. It is. But it's hard. It's easy to say, hard to do. Because it, because it takes a complete transformation of our life. But if you'll notice in Scripture... Those who were completely transformed and God used were completely transformed and God used them. Not only do we abide in Christ through his word, we abide in Christ in prayer. Notice verse, uh, starting in verse 7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. We're to abide in Christ through prayer. Paul says we're to pray without ceasing. Paul tells Timothy, first of all, prayer, supplication. Prayer is, is absolutely important. And you go back into uh, to the disciples, ask Jesus to teach us to pray. And, and he gave them a, a, he gave them a, 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 not an, he gave them kind of an outline of how they could pray. It isn't a prayer that we, that, that we have to repeat, uh, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be. It's not something that we have to memorize and meditate on. We're to meditate on the Word of God and we're to pray unto God. It should be a continual, continual, uh, speaking to Him and listening for Him. Do we do that? Most of the time, our prayer is just, Lord, I need this. Uh, Lord, I need help in this. Uh, how about, Lord, I just want to praise you. Lord, I just uh, I want to lift your name up. Lord, uh, uh, help me to understand this passage of Scripture. And then, silence. I wonder how many, how, how many if, if, if you came in here next week, and we just sat here in silence for 10 or 15 minutes, what do you all would think? Something's wrong with the pastor. Dan's gone crazy. Maybe we just let God speak to us. One of the uh, I read a, I read a, about a revival years ago. Back in the back in the days of uh, wagons and the old west, and this man was and this is this is a true story. I, I can't remember the guy's name, but a man was praying for revival for his town, for his church, and. Uh, he, he said, God, after a period of time, God laid upon his heart uh, that he was going to bring revival. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a preacher. He, uh, he just, he, he, God laid it on his heart that they were going to have revival. So, uh, so he gathered everybody in town and said, we're going to have revival. But he neglected to bring in a preacher. He neglected to ask the pastor or anybody to, to preach. And so everybody got there, and they all just sat there. And they well, what do we do now? And he said, Instead, he sat there and he prayed because he didn't know what else to do. And suddenly somebody stood up and confessed their sin 
and said, I've been doing this. I am sorry. I'm a sinner. God, forgive me. And somebody over here stood up. And then somebody over here stood up. And they had a revival without a preaching of the word, but a moving of the spirit. Because somebody prayed. And they were silent and they let the spirit speak to them. We live in a day and age where we can't have quiet. Where we can't turn the TV off or, or the social media off or the podcast off or whatever else and let just God speak to us. There's so much technology. And listen, I'm not saying technology is wicked and evil, but there's so much of it that it, it, it consumes us. Instead of feeding on the word of God and meditating on the word of God and praying the abiding in God that we're supposed to do, we're abiding in all that other stuff. We abide in God through the reading of the word of God. We abide in God in prayer. And lastly, we abide in God as we love one another. If you can keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Even as I kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that your joy might be full. Now, this is not one or the other, or you can't pick one of the three. If you abide in me, and my word abides in you, and you pray, so that man who's praying is one who's abiding in the word, and the word's abiding in him. As he's, as he's uh, abiding in love for others, he's keeping the commandments of God because he's abiding in the word of God. All three of these things together, you would, we would be amazed at what God would do in our lives as we begin to love others because the word of God has brought that out in us. And as we pray, we see God answer prayers. We want to see people saved? We need to pray about it. But you know what else we need to do? We need to be in the word of God and abide in him and allow the fruit of that to help us to get out and share the gospel. Every message that I preach, why we preach out of John chapter 13, 14, and 15 the last three weeks, you know why? Because what I've been preaching has been abounding out of my reading, my own personal study. Uh, uh, something I struggle with. This is, a, this, is a problem, this is something I struggle with. Is I can read and study for a message and, and many times miss trying to read and study for myself. And what I found, and God has been blessing, is, is reading and studying for myself and God giving me a message to preach out of what he has spoken to me about. We need to be in the word of God. We need to abide in God's word. We need to be, abide in Christ and see God work. Father God, I thank you for this day. Help us, Lord, to abide in you. Help us, Lord, to be fruitful. And Lord, purge us if we need to be purged. But God, I, I pray that you would have your way with us during this invitation. We ask this in Jesus' name.